And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hello, all. How are you? Here we are. Spike's Car Radio on a Wednesday. Zuckerman's down in Mexico. I can only imagine what, what that means. He went to Mexico? Matt Fair is here. You just heard him <laughs> chime in. Uh, he's got a little Mexican house down there, and uh, I, as I understand it, he kidnaps unsuspecting American citizens, puts them in a hole, and that's how he makes his money. He calls their families <laughs> back in the U.S. I got your grandson. Give me your, give me your money. Anyway, we're happy uh, that you're with us. We hope you're holding on in this horrible, horrible winter we're having with COVID-19. Um and I hope, like me, you're, you're enjoying watching people get vaccinated. It makes me feel better when I see that there's an end to this. Um, anyway, here we are out in Malibu. Matt Fair is joining us. Uh, it's right before uh, New Year's. Uh, hope you're having a great time. We have a good show for you. Uh, you probably, if you follow me on Instagram, have seen me riding my electric bike around Brentwood at night and uh, in various disasters that we have, fires, I'm on it. Uh, now that we're uh, locked under quarantine, stay at home. The kids and I take them out at night in the hills. Well, uh, Storm Saunders, the man, uh, the Malibu resident who started this company, is going to be on with us, and he's going to tell us all about it. What I love about him, Matt, is his first name. I know me too. He sounds like a weatherman from Channel mm-hmm. 4. Mm-hmm. Storm Saunders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what he really is, and I did a deep dive. I was on YouTube last night learning about him, is he's all about making the electric bike affordable for people, which I which I, I kind of sense because I didn't pay a lot for my electric bike. <laughs> it's a noble mission. It's a noble mission. He wants everybody to have one. So as, as, as people were charging more and more for these things, like these Trek bikes are like 15 grand, he's lowering his prices at times. I, I love the guy, and, and, I'm, and I'm so excited to talk to him. I was given uh, a very expensive electric bike. Yes. Um... In exchange for, you know, a couple of Instagram posts. Right, right. Uh, I remember that. The one that goes 35 miles an hour. It's crazy fast. (laughs) (laughs) Which I believe is too fast for electric bikes. It's the McLaren 765LT of electric bikes. It's like the BMW S1000RR of electric bikes. See Simon Cowell for my reactions. But it's not not like what you'd call a, a tool bike. You know what I mean? It's like an art piece that goes really fast that you could ride. I am very interested in the practical tool electric bicycle that's well, like, these, the bike I have is the XS, so it's got those big, what I interpreted as like beach sand yeah. riding tires, but what, what happens is it's not just for the beach. It's like a motorcycle when you get it on the street. So it actually absorbs ki- bumps. Well, I, frequently I'm riding uphill without my hands on the, st- on the uh, handlebars. My hands are in my pocket. Oh, so you mean because the of the larger, uh, the rotating mass of the gyroscope effect of the wheels with yes. the heavier tires yes, actually makes you more stable. That yeah. makes sense. Bigger wheels, much more stability. Yeah, heavier tires, uh, that's more stable. And then you can blast it off the road into the dirt and then onto the sand. It's a really Hannah cool thing. and I thing. walk on the beach. By We live in Venice and walk on the beach. And there's been a couple folks like mobbing down the beach mobbing. in these things. Mobbing, mobbing spike. <laughs> mobbing is uh, is moving at a particularly uh, quick clip. When are you going to get a T-shirt that says mobbing? You know, it's not my word. I just I just uh, I didn't <laughs> no, make it's up your mobbing. Word. 
I didn't make up mobbing. I didn't. Anyway, thank you for coming out here, Matt Farah. We're we're it's here. It's cold. You're it's, welcome. It's, it's cold. cold. <laughs> it's rainy. It's there's no car shows going on here. It's perfect for a show. But we're outside because it's the safe thing to do with our guest, right? Yeah, there's probably an eight to ten nodder right now, and so our our dirty breath is being cast off into the <laughs> Malibu. Mine's not dirty. I just got my test results again. I went into this uh, test place because the last... I've been doing the free one at the VA. Uh-huh. The, they just decided not to send me my results last week, and I was like, God damn it, so I went to a place of... This is like a Simpsons episode. Easy COVID testing. Oh, really? <laughs> Instead of easy, it's just, E-A-Z-Y COVID no way. testing. Like, yeah. like G easy the rapper's yeah, yeah. personal covid and testing like, brand and i opened this door and i and there were just three nurses standing there and, I, and this one lady's showing the other lady how to do a test and i'm like yeah oh wait you're not a nurse do you not know how to do the test? but it's like I, anyone can get it now. it was the first up the nose experience i had where they touched the brain oh you haven't done the deep dig that the was the first dig. one yeah no see i go i go to a place in marina del rey that's an urgent care but they take my insurance yes. so it's free Yes. So I go a lot. Yes. I go twice a week right. because I have people in my studio to do podcasts, Correct. and it's the safe thing to do. Yes. At least it's as safe as can be expected. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, there's there's two two different doctors who work there who I see. One does the double dip. That's the Ooh. one one dip in each nostril, but it's a shallower dip. Yeah. And then shout out to Dr. Janarelli because Dr. Janarelli. <laughs> I love the big plugs on this podcast Dr. for Janarelli these crazy people. <laughs> she's, she's like that scene in Total Recall yes. where he's got to pull the bug out of his brain uh, and there's an oil rig deep digging into your skull but it's only one side. They... I've heard people describe it as relaxing. It's not what? relaxing. It's painful. People like getting tied up to racks and whipped now, by women Now here's my only complaint. They they, you know, I got too. a result uh, a, a little over than 24 hours later, of course, a negative result, or I would not be here. But I also, while I was there, I like, what else do you have? And they go, well, we've got the rapid antibody, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's have one of those, too. And they yeah. pricked my finger and took my blood. I didn't get that result. And that was a 15-minute test. And they said, do you want to wait? And I go, no, I don't want to wait. Just send it to me. They go, okay, it'll get sent automatically. It didn't get sent. Now I've been calling easy testing for easy COVID testing all morning, trying to talk to a human, and that's been impossible. You know what they did? They sold your DNA to the FBI. They can have it. (laughs) But I really want to know. Here's what I want to know. Like everyone who thinks, you know, they think back. Did you have it in January? Yeah, but, but no. March, the first week of March, right as this thing was hitting, the uh, the Porsche Lit Show was happening uh-huh. <laughs> down in the basement, horrible, unventilated, hot, steamy room with too many people at the Hyatt at LAX. And Zuckerman and I, cocky and not believing in this thing, we're like, we're not going to let a stupid virus stop. We went, we had breakfast, and then we went into that room. I went there, there was too. No, there was no mask I went, mandate. I went to meet you. You were there. I went, I went too. There was no mask yeah. mandate, right? No, no. There was not. And here we are just milling and bumping into people <laughs> and it's sweaty. Well, Zuckerman and I got sick two days later. <laughs> we both got sick. Uh, well, was it worth it, Spike? And we... <laughs> and Was it worth it to get a shop manual for an 87 Targa Spike? It was <laughs> totally worth it. It's totally worth it for this story. No. Um, but he then got tested and for the antibodies and was tested negative. I then got sick, I don't know, a month later, and I just remember, you know, it was the classic symptom of, geez, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I woke up the next day and I was fine. I'm kind of want. I want to be, you know, I'm really jealous of the people getting the vaccine right now. I have two friends who have it already. Easy. Get on it. Well, you can't. There's no way to get it. <laughs> 
anyway, um, I'm like uh, I'm gonna I did get one of those online calculators to see based on yeah, certain parameters. Yep. where you stand. You're, we, so we're in, there's 280 million people ahead of me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are. We're gonna, we're gonna be wearing masks for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no world where we're getting this. No, no. Uh, maybe anyway, if we were elected senator, huh? <laughs> if we were elected senator, yeah, I know, I know. Um, well, no, I have a friend uh, who I'm who I write with who is now a doctor uh, too, and he's he's uh, optimistic that this the vaccine will now start flowing. Who's now in. a doctor, he he uses COVID time to get his medical degree. No, license. his name is Andy Robin. Oh. He's a Seinfeld writer. He wrote the Junior Mint, and as far oh. as I know, he's the only. I've heard of doctors that become comedy writers. I've heard of lawyers that become comedy writers. As far as I know, he's the <laughs> only <laughs> comedy writer that became a doctor oh, after man. Seinfeld. He goes, now that we're the number one comedy writing team in the world, you know what I'm going to do with that? What are you going to do? Development deal? Get collect your millions? Nope. Debt free med school. <laughs> med school. Hey. And he went to Rhode Island Good and he became him. a doctor and now he's in the Navy. And I called wow. him up recently and said, How would you like to get out of the Navy and write comedy again? He said, Let's do it. He was also on the B movie team, notably. The B movie oh, team. All right, yeah, um yeah. so we're working on something. It's not B movie two. Um <laughs> let's talk about this Bronco trip. Um a few weeks ago, uh, Ford called me up. Have you driven the Bronco at all? No, neither of them. Yeah, and said we've got. Uh, all I saw in the email was uh, we've got a, a thing going on at Gorman or Hungry Valley. Is that the place up there? Yep. You want to drive the Bronco? And I said yes right away. Not seeing the sport after the name, <laughs> 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 but uh, got in my uh, nice uh, little Porsche Drive app car and drove up an hour. Listen to music. Listen to some uh, Mark Marin and Howard Stern. And before I knew it, I was in this beautiful evergreen clearing like down this long dirt road that I'm sure the Porsche drive hat people will not be happy about <laughs> when they get the car back big bumps and dirt really like an Did off road you, you enter the park from the south side by the lake by Lake Pyramid yeah past yeah. there past yeah. there and came to this beautiful clearing of evergreen trees and around a corner this field of Bronco sports laid out in every color a Bronco sport fire truck uh, the Ford, my Ford friends who were there, um, and they had one of these off-road adventures set up for us. Not unlike the one we did for Land Rover in, at the Imperial Dunes for the Defender. This was all in Gorman. I didn't know they had like double diamond and diamond yeah, off-road. Yeah, like they do it. They they grade it like a ski mountain, which yeah. is super helpful. By super the way, super fun. <clears throat> and they took us out in the Bronco Sport, and I was skeptical. I sat through the presentation, um, listened to everyone and how they came up with this and what was important to them. I thought it was really interesting that the guy who had designed the Ford Bronco Sport on paper had never driven it, and he was there with us. I forget the fellow's name, so this was his first time. That weird kind of stuff happens more driving. than you think. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more than you think. And then <clears throat> they went through... Um, why they made the Bronco Sport and what it was to them. And in a nutshell, it was, we want we want to open up the 4x4 truck market to people who are a little inex who are inexperienced, that are rookies, who that maybe have never done this before, and give them a tool and a truck to drive that is intuitive and easy and one to learn on. And I really like that idea. Sure. And they go, at the same time, we think you'll be kind of impressed with how it works. And then they set us off on the road. 
And I got in. They have two engines on this deal. Um, they said, all right, some of you can go in the one-and-a-half-liter uh, turbo, and the others can go in the two-liter. Of course, we all ran to the two. Yeah, it was right. an interesting, like a Le Mans start yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. There are four of when us. You're in, when the engines get down to the ones, yes. you're just like, all right, what do I have to do to get out? <laughs> but it was one of the funny things that Ford kind of did. You know, it's like, you know, these guys are running a program. They don't really... They don't, they don't work with public groups a lot, so they don't know how to... <clears throat> so they were doing the presentation, and there were five or six journalists. They're doing the presentation. They go, okay, uh, before I start the presentation, is uh, are we okay if I take my mask off? He says to six strangers. <laughs> well, I do the presentation. <laughs> it was outside. But in all our heads, we're particularly going, well, how are we going to decide that? A vote? I mean, and some, some journalists just go, just leave the mask on. We can hear you. And it was like, Exactly. And then uh, they had the cars lined up, and they said, okay, some of these are two liters, some of these are one and a half liters, so, you know, just grab whatever you want. So that was a Le Mans start. Ready? Go! We whatever, all ran. Whatever you want yeah. is the operative word. <laughs> we all ran to the same beautiful, like, non-metallic gray yeah. and non-metallic blue. <laughs> and biggest I- engine, biggest tires. Biggest engine, <laughs> biggest tires. And I got in, I got in the non-metallic blue, right? <clears throat> this other journalist runs up to the window and he goes, hey... Hey, do you mind switching with me? I've got to take some pictures of this. <laughs> I go, well, well, yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Didn't I run to this first? But I said, go ahead, take it. I, I, I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. Anyway, we got in our trucks and we like embarked on this you know, uh, run. And I have to tell you that this truck was great. It, uh, here's, the, here's the first thing I noticed about it. The suspension, maybe it's the shorter wheelbase, as we were kind of flying over bumps and it was very, very smooth. You know, in the Defender, it's a longer wheelbase and it's a longer truck, so uh-huh. you do feel your ups and downs a little more. But this thing just was kind of jamming along these bumpy roads, which huh. is something they kind of engineered into the uh, suspension. Yeah. Again, with an average eye length of whoops in trail versus average wheelbase. Like, no, I think the idea was that if you're starting out as on a, in a four by four, that you shouldn't really worry too much about the bumps, like. I, again, at being new to the 4x4 okay. world of off-roading, they were kind of saying, we have a comfort mode for you. Does that okay. make sense? Sure, yeah, all right. And, it def- and I definitely felt that. Yeah. And then we, you know, we're winding around, the usual stuff, b- bouncing around, and then we had this gigantic kind of two-story sheet of rock going down. Do you need to walk by? No, I just wanted to, sorry to interrupt. Uh, oh. <laughs> What's up? Oh. Is this weed? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Somebody is interrupting uh, yeah, no, and okay. giving He's that fair weed. weed. You can interrupt me to give me weed. <laughs> sorry, sorry for uh, is this your brand? Yeah, that's my brand. Are you Brett? I'm not Brett. One, the brand's called Wonder Brett. Yes. Terrific. Terrific. Thank you for stopping by, Wonder Merry Brett. Christmas. Thank you for this. It's good to see you. Thank you for this week. Now you may exit. <laughs> All right. All right. No Thanks. worries. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Wonder Brett. Now, what is that? A jar of weed he just handed you? Yes, it is. This Hilarious. Is, this is literally a jar of weed. Is that legal? Me. What he just did? Giving me weed? Yes, yes, it is. In this state, absolutely legal. I'm going to send you him the gift, bill for that. You plug, may give Wonder other Brett. people. You can bleep it out. I don't give a shit. <clears throat> anyway, let me let me just run through Sorry, some of the. Uh, listen, I, if someone wants to interrupt me by gifting me ganja, you're just going to have I'm, to suffer that. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> I'm not taking this out. I like it. I like when things happen, except uh, that weird George Hamilton guy who joined us last time. 
<laughs> Wait, now the, another interrupt is happening. No, no, no. What is There's this? No interrupt. This is, it's Hannah. This is my Hello, wife Hannah. giving me the second half of my sandwich, which and I will a, not eat on chips. this podcast. <clears throat> so if you're if you if you're just now listening, Matt Farah got weed, and when he gets the munchies, he has his sandwich and chips. To Get this. the egg salad at Bill's. <laughs> I'll defend it to the death. It's very fluffy. You know these things. <clears throat> these press events are always really funny because. I don't know if you've done these four by four ones. These four ones. They, got, you know how some. they get you really afraid. They're like, okay, Sometimes we're gonna get you to a place, and if you decide you don't want to descend the hill, we totally understand. We're not here to make anybody do anything, and everybody's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring us to this two-story, steep decline uh-huh. sheet of rock yeah, with yeah. sand on it. Yes, and I go. I don't think I want to do this. And I was there with uh, with uh, with Jeff uh, the, from the Hooniverse. What's uh-huh. his name? Glucker. Jeff Glucker. And he's like, "You going to do this?" And you know, in my head, I'm talking tough. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, totally going to do this. You go, you done this stuff before? Oh yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. But I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and he's Turns obviously. Turns out you press one button and the truck goes down by itself. No, no, it, it doesn't because it slides at something. So Uh-oh. they go first. Uh, we're going to show you how it works, but just know your whole truck is going to slide on the rock twice, uh-huh. and to just let it happen. And what okay. they mean is you're going to be riding the brakes down hard in rock crawling mode. But this is a brake modulation exercise. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Does that make sense? Sure. Where you're full brake, letting off a little, just enough. Yeah. Full brake, full brake. You're gonna slide. Yeah. What looks like you're gonna slide off the mountain, and they do it. And you know they've got people there, and you've got walkies in there, and you're taking you through it. And you know, I get in the truck, and and sure enough, I fucking do it. Yes. It goes down, and you you know the, they planned this activity so that you could. No, do it. I know, but I'm describing <laughs> to the listener the following, which is: if you were standing at the foot of this hill, you'd never do this on your own. You definitely wouldn't do it if you were by yourself, and you might not do it if this team was there. But when you get in this truck, the Bronco Sport, you feel like I have everything I need to make this easy. I, d- I don't know how to describe it other than like the way skis cut against uh, ice. Yeah. <clears throat> like the it, the damn thing works. So you should come off roading with me. I you know I drive I SUVs to. on dirt quite frequently. You'd I, be amazed at what a bone stock truck will do. Well, it's I've got my hard. Defender now. I brought a stock Velar. So you know they, they rank these those those trails like you were just saying like ski slopes, right? I drove a bone stock Velar. Forget a Defender or a Velar up the hardest trail in this this park that I go to up north by Vasquez Rocks. Right, right. And I mean, even even a, uh, a competent uh, a crossover was is able to do a lot of stuff. And I'm not I'm not trying to like crap on the Bronco Sport. I'm sure it's great off road, but like the technology that they have now allows these types of vehicles that have really straightforward on road mannerisms, right, to do pretty amazing things uh, on the dirt. Yeah, and that's that's exactly. You don't it. need to drive some like clunky thing anymore, right? Uh, right. To uh, to to have really good, you know, off road performance. Well, the long and short of it was, I was I was impressed. I mean, looking out forward from the cock uh, the cockpit or where you're sitting, it looks like a real Bronco, not so much from behind. It's a yeah. teeny little truck, but it's still, you know. My wife really digs it, actually. My For wife me, digs it because cool. she likes boxy vehicles, but she doesn't want something that's like so gnarly, like the full Bronco. 
Like she had that first gen escape back in the day right, and right. wants to get back to that. And I feel like the Bronco Sport is really like the oops, sorry we turned the escape into a frog. Here's, right, a, here's right, a rugged right. one too. I'm I, I all I was gonna say is your your competition is probably like the Rav four the Forester, the Jeep Compass. Yeah. Th- th- this is the one I would pick over all of those. Even so, though I like the way the new Toyota yeah. RAV4 looks. I think it looks RAV4s like, are pretty fast actually. Yeah, RAV4 they look pr- V6 is like real fast. But they fix the exterior styling on it. Yeah. You know, there are kids in my neighborhood who have them. That spoiled the, rich um, kids. But they but they is that I, a spoiled rich kids car now or RAV4. A new, any new car that your parents buy you is a spoiled rich yeah, kid, yeah. right? Why well, I, I, I <laughs> don't you that, think? I think yes, that's true. But I also I don't. If I were to conjure up a stereotypical spoiled rich kid car, a Rav Four, yeah, there's is not, a level above. It's that. not what would come to mind. No, but like still I went to spoiled rich kids it. school, and it was A fours and Grand Cherokees. Wow, that's where we were at. Yeah, no, yeah. we had riding <laughs> lawnmowers. That was the first tier of car no, your dad. I realize you. this was ridiculous. Yes, yes. Um. Anyway. Bronco Sport. It's nice. Bronco Sport. Has, Did you have uh, the one five? Or wait, the let me just tell. You, I want to talk about what they cost. Just get through this, all right? Bronco Sport base twenty eight thousand dollars, and then you go all the way up to Bronco Sport first edition forty thousand dollars. Already sold out. These first editions are a real fucking scam. Okay, the first. First of all, a lot of times first editions never get delivered until after the other editions get delivered. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they are a scam. What yes. is the scam? Explain to it's us some, the scam. Some some. A, uh, capitalizing on uh, people's desire to have things first, yes. even if it's a fairly regular mass production thing. Second, cars are known to be collectible in general, certain types of cars. Right. You're intending to create a collectability where there really is none. But do you think the Bronco Sport first edition is collectible? No, but I think there's... <laughs> what about I, the Gladiator, Jeep Gladiator I, first edition? No, none of it is, but I, but I think there are people dumb enough to put down the money. I mean, there's people right. that bought... I get excited about it when I see it. Like, I, don't, I think the, the regular Bronco, the, the new Bronco, design-wise, and I haven't even seen one in person, mind you, is a, is a design home run, the, new, the full-size Bronco, both in two and four doors. Design home run, for sure. But, like... Would I pay 10k extra to get one called first edition? Like, no, you'd have to be an idiot to do that. But there's lots of idiots out there, you know, so it's okay. Listen, I was just down at um, Superformance in uh, Orange County. Okay. The replica. Uh, yeah, Cobra. I know who they are. Okay, sorry. I like the audience those. might not. I said on my podcast that I wanted to, to do a, drive a small block. Yeah. And so they have a new small block package down there, and the car looks just like the car that Ken Miles. Was racing in Willow right. Springs in Ford vs. Ferrari. Great. Did you have a go in it? You no, should. It's fun. I thought the same thing when I was watching the movie. I want to drive it. You can buy that now. Exactly as he as it is from the movie. It's one hundred forty seven thousand dollars. Yes. And what was it like? It's fucking cool. I mean, it's really cool. It's a <laughs> wow. it's a two eighty nine stroke to three thirty one. Wow. Three hundred and seventy five horsepower. Twenty three hundred pounds. Five speed manual. And a heater. That's pretty pretty much it. Wow. And it was really fun. But the point was, I went down there, and they have a showroom, 60, 70 cars in it. Cobras right, of right. all, GT40s, <clears throat> all, all the stuff they make. The point is, people are spending $150,000 to $250,000 on replica Cobras. <laughs> and, like, spending it, not like a couple <clears throat> here and there. Like, right, like right. their business is booming they have replica Cobras up to $350,000. Well, how do you not watch that movie and not feel that way? 
I, I just when I watched the movie, it's the first time I ever thought I would buy a replica Cobra. That I would just go because it, yeah. Matt Damon just looks so cool in that car. I don't care anymore. I had the funniest conversation of there's people who want to buy this car that are role playing as Ken Miles, yes. and people that are role playing <laughs> yes. as Christian Bale, yeah. role playing as Ken Miles. Yes, which is really funny. No, to and me. Matt Damon, which is really he really was funny. flying around in them too. Yeah, yeah anytime yeah. you see that, it's an interesting thing because it's. The first time that it made me want to drive a replica <laughs> which makes no sense, other than there were replica cars in the movie, and I guess that makes it cool. I don't know. Well, they did supply the cars for the film, so the yes, car you can buy is exactly the car they're driving in Correct. the film. Having said that, I have driven a bunch of different Cobras, and I believe if I were to put a value number on the driving experience of a car like that, Yep. It would be sixty-five dollars to $80,000. Right. That's right. about where I put the value of that experience. They're charging double that and more for these cars. So wow. it's what your wallet will bear. But, but uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> well, should we bring our friend Storm on? He just walked up. Yeah, sure. He's standing over there like an electric uh, genius sprite <laughs> with one of his uh, followers who's got, looks like one of the first prototypes, one of the first cars. The only thing we have to figure out is the rain. Which tell you what, I can't it. wait to drive home my Cup Two tires in the rain. <laughs> I, you know, I came here in that uh, that nine nine two right there. Well, it's on regular tires, isn't it? I know, but I was able to put it in wet mode for the first oh, time. Yeah, and wet actually, mode works, doesn't it? I guess. I mean, I can't tell. It just numbs down the throttle a little bit, so you don't get as twitchy. It's it, nice. It made me feel better that yeah. it was raining and I could still drive like a maniac. And but. When I drove the 992 in Germany when it first came out and I drove through a massive downpour, the wet mode was nice. I didn't wow. use it. Can I talk real quick about um, my Ferrari, which is up at Donnie's? Oh, boy. <laughs> Go wanna, ahead. I, I brought it to Donnie's. Yep. And, and By the way, I've never... I mean, it was so quiet a minute ago. And we've got whistling? dogs jingling. Whistling? That's the that Model noise? Y oh, behind model you backing y? up. Yeah. Oh, God. Listen to that noise. Yeah. It sounds like a uh, yeah. 60s sci-fi movie, like a theremin. Yeah, it's definitely got some backup noises. Okay, interesting. Um, he looked at the car for about 45 seconds, and he went, oh, boy, like, the, <laughs> three or four times. I told you that always happens when yeah. you get a new Ferrari. But here's the good news. Yes. On the first day, when I dropped it off, he goes, I'm going to need the deposit for parts. I go, how much? He goes, two Gs. I go, okay. So I, Ven I Venmo him two Gs. He has now made a complete list of necessary parts in order to make my car 100% to factory spec, and it is under the two Gs. So that's good. Under it's good. two Gs. Under two Gs. Yeah, he's He good. said basically there was some janky wiring, there's some incorrect hoses and incorrect fittings, but <clears> for the most part, everything that's there can be fixed very easily wow. and will be good to go. And he said, when I get it back, this will be one of the best driving 328s around, and it will work absolutely factory That's spec. It's such an exciting car. Very I love exciting. that car. You I should buy those. one. It drives I so know, nice. I know. It's been on my list for so long. So, so long. Look, there's Bill. Now, look, Bill, who's he's checking his watch like our stage manager. Bill, tell Storm to come over. I don't want to make you nervous. Thank you, Bill. Bill set this up. Well, Storm, thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. <clears throat> I don't know. Let's just start with my entry point to your product, which is Bill from the Malibu Kitchen talking about electric bikes and how we all need them. 
Um, and I think it was shortly after that that I bought one of your Saunders XS bikes. Um, and it was assembled by another customer, John. <laughs> this is like <laughs> Saunders Central here. And delivered to my home. And I probably use it every single night of my life. It's been one of the most driven vehicles that I have, if not the most, out of all the things I own, the bikes, the cars, the motorcycles, every afternoon, every evening, I'm on my Saunders XS blasting through the hills of Brentwood, thanking you, who I didn't even know you were a real guy. I thought this was just like Led Zeppelin, like there's no Led Zeppelin, there's Storm Saunders, it was like just Jethro a brand Tull. name, <laughs> but it's a guy. Jethro Tull's the name of the yeah, band, Jethro Tull, not the name of the guy. It turns out there's a guy <laughs> named Storm Saunders, and he lives, you live out here in Malibu? Yeah, I do. Take, so. This makes sense, because every, I come up here to see you, Yes. and everyone's like, oh, Storms, are, oh, Storm, is he here? Storm, <laughs> right. like, does every single person know this dude? The other thing <laughs> happens that Bill sells more of these bikes than Eggs. Do you get a cut, Bill? <laughs> Bill doesn't get a cut, but he Seinfeld really should. Seinfeld has one. My neighbors see me on them. I was then on the local news during the fires. They said, what kind of bike is this? The son? All the dads in the neighborhood bought them. It's just they once people see them and once people ride them, they lose their minds. And one of the reasons is not just because it rides well, is because it's not a $15,000 Trek bike. It's an affordable electric bike that is just as good, in my opinion. Tell me about the inspiration for this company, because I sense that was part of it. Uh, you know, yeah, inspiration. So I had a torn meniscus and a couple of years ago, and um, I couldn't surf, right? And being a surf guy, I really was just like, oh, my God, how do I get out there? So I'm, I'm spending a year in a bed, right, with my leg up, uh, um, and and uh, and uh, I saw the fat bikes. So fat bikes, just for the, those who aren't here in Malibu, are those big tire beach bikes, yeah. right? Yeah, like kind of like a feet, uh, like a, a fat fat tires, like four point nine. I think that's what you have. You know, the normal tires like two point seven. So it's almost like a sidewall. Double. Sidewall yeah. is good. And, so, and people out here, I remember seeing them for the first time. And going, I don't understand why you want to ride a bike on a beach, but I guess yeah. sometimes people put a surfboard on them and ride yeah. down the water. And, oh, it's I, super cool to see people ride them across yeah. the beaches. No, I know it is. I'm just rule. saying yeah. you don't see that anywhere else in yeah. the country. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to yeah. explain that. Yeah. So, and and that's a really good point because. Uh, you know, when we, uh, when I, I don't ride it on a beach. I, I don't think I've ever ridden on a beach, right? right. Like in the sand. It was just kind of like get close to the beach, you know, that feeling. And, you know, then I start to look into this, like what I always like, like um, transportation, you know, like drones, helicopters. I was in toy business prior to this. So lived in Hong Kong for five years. So always factories, 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 right? So I like to build stuff. And and I looked at it and and then I looked at a couple other bikes out there and yeah they were like five grand and I wanted to get an electric bike right and then that's like man I always question reality it's like you know w what's real and what's not real you know what I mean so you look at this bike and you know you just break it down reverse engineer and then I had that aha moment holy Moses this is not this is not a five thousand dollar bike this is a four thousand dollar profit margin so really. Yeah. So and and uh, and that's where like my toy background kicked in, and I was like, "How can we 
um, you know, because the challenge wasn't selling the $500 e-bike. That that was the original cost when I did the one we're looking at right here uh, was on Indiegogo. The challenge was, what do you do after you sell, right? How does one like Spike repairs it? If something goes bad, how does he troubleshoot? So that was the idea, you know, seven tools and we send them with a box and we you can fix it on your own. It's plug and play, right? So the Lego concept, just pull out the controller, put the new one in, you know, whatever you need to do, you can pull up. Uh, Unplug it and plug the new part in within seconds. So that was the idea. So this, so you started crowd uh, crowdfunding it. Yeah, you needed the money uh, to do it. Yeah. Did you enjoy that experience? The crowdfunding experience. Um, uh, it was it's a, it was super new back then, right? So and I didn't know what to expect. So I can just tell you one thing that <clears throat> uh, the day we launched it, I went for a paddle boarding. And two hours later was a two million. So tell, let me ask wow. you. Let me ask you this. Like, <laughs> let me ask you this, right? So that sounds totally normal. Like it's a thing that yeah, just happens. Exactly. Like, how was I prepared for that, right? So <laughs> so wait, so, yo, I just want to follow this. You yeah. reverse engineer this this five thousand dollar bike. You're you're making toys at the time, so you're in yeah. Hong Kong and where these factories yeah. are, and you're like, all I need are these twenty eight pieces, right? Yeah. And it's probably going to cost this amount of money. Yeah. So I can get this thing made at this price point and still make a little money, and then we'll go build them. So 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 one thing I never have business plans, right? So like <laughs> you're talking to me like somebody who went to school. I'm not. So I'm like you. So I'm like you. Yeah, and that's that's a foreign language to me. So now so different. you get two so, million bucks. So first of all, it wasn't reversed engineered, right? Because if you would reverse engineer those five thousand dollar bikes, you would lose your mind. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. there's a lot of unnecessary stuff in them. So so the 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 goal was just to kind of take a look. Why are they so expensive? Right. And that's what I meant by reverse engineering. So I, I looked at it and it's like there, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let, long story short, it goes live. Um, I, I didn't have any expectations. I mean, what, what, what do you expect? Right. I've been in a business for a long time. You know, you might have the greatest idea and it just goes flat. Right. It's like as any other business. So but. Uh, but, you know, before that, like when I when I went to do the, the whole circuit with journalists and everything else, I started to notice the same thing what you described. When, once people get on, it's kind of become sticky. You know what I mean? It's a sticky product. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's sticky because of that presence, right? It looks cool. It looks cool. And it's got the fat tires. And yeah. that was so... I was looked down back in the day by all these bike guys. It's like, oh, my God, there's such a friction on this, and you're doing electric, you're losing the energy, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, dude, look at look in a parking lot. Everybody drives SUV because they don't like to feel every yeah, bump. Yeah, exactly. So the way I saw this, okay, I'll get past this whole beach idea that they're beach bikes, yeah. all these stereotypes, survive them all, and then everyone will start riding them because – you just feel so much more safer and stable and empowered when you ride the fat, t- fat tires right, versus right. traditional ones. I'll tell you what else you feel. You feel like Superman. So I think a lot of the dads like me in the neighborhood like it because as our personal strength is diminishing, we now get on this vehicle that makes us feel stronger than we were when we were 18. That you can, you know, again, it's, it has opened up. My entire like uh, hilly neighborhood to me. Yeah. So on a on a night like at eight o'clock, it's dark and the kids have to go to bed in a half an hour. We can end up riding like five miles up to the top of uh, 
where we live yeah. and see this whole different neighborhood and a beautiful skyline and get back down yeah. very quickly. But all without really breaking a sweat unless I want to break a sweat and lower the pedal assist. Yeah. That's what I truly appreciated is that I can cover so much more territory on a bike ride than I've ever been able to. Yeah. As opposed to just pedaling along and maybe getting down to the end of my street. Yeah, that custom experience you're talking right. about. You know what I mean? So So let me talk about like you know, the power plants in these things. On these first bikes, what was the motor in there? Three fifty. 350. Very small. And in mine, we're up to 750. You're 750. Right. Where, where is this going? Oh, well, so listen to this, right? I absolutely hate where this is going, right? <laughs> where, where it's going, it needs to stop right there where you are because anything past that, it's like you don't really need it, right? Why? So, so here's the deal, right? So my at a certain point you just have a motorcycle. Yeah. At, on, at a <laughs> so, certain point you have an well, unlicensed not, motorcycle. I know. I mean, when I hit a very steep grade. There, there are times that I would like a little turbo boost, but when I'm driving straight up. Well, that's nice Rockstar. Run. That's the mid-drive 750, which, uh, you know, I'll bring it, I'll show it to you. So it's a mid-drive, so it's really like any time you'll hit it, you, you will just pray to God that you, you know, hold on to it. It's like, it's dangerous, like in a good way. Now, right? what do you mean? That's on uh, one of your other bikes? Yeah, so it's the new bike, which is actually coming out right now. Ooh. So I'll show you a picture later. Yeah, please. So, That's probably the motor I've got, the death motor. Yeah. Um, I've got an e-bike. We don't need to say what brand it is, but it goes like 37 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. And it's sketch. Sketch. It's at, yeah. yeah, it's really, really, yeah. really dangerously fast. So you, It's a motorcycle, yeah. basically. Yeah, but to yeah. answer your question, it's like we're, we're built for mass. We're not built for enthusiasts, right? So that's where I get excited. I get excited. Can I have this in a ton of people's hands versus what's like the next performance level, right? right? right because right. you're talking to me like a car guy, right? Yeah. You guys like that kind of stuff, right? But what I'm saying, let's take a big step back and have you ride five miles every night or every other night and just have fun. Right. So I'm not here to sell you anything. Speed, right, right, power. Right. You know what I mean? I'm just here like. Well, you look, just sold me your new bike a second yeah, ago. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I, because like, of, he's because like, of did one, you say one that's too fast? How much <laughs> is that? I'll take it. <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't feel the need to get the new bike because I like this one. You know, it's funny. And I'm happy to hear that there's not going to be a bigger motor on it because that then you get in that thing where you got to get the newer, the better. That's yeah. the Porsche. The Porsche analogy. I mean, in a nutshell, right there. That's that's what every they do. car really. Right, yeah. every car. But I'm I'm quite happy on the bike. I, uh, you know, what I'm. You know, you have such a vibrant group of fans too. Like there's, a, it's like Tesla in a lot of ways. There's a group of people on I Facebook know. that are putting up all their modifications and their lights and. They are so funny. I, I belong to that group, by the way. Really? <laughs> why well, you're I, shaking I, I your head? Why, why? You don't like it when they mess with the bikes? Because a couple of them have completely modified their bikes yeah. to go 90 miles an hour. What? No. So listen, <laughs> I, I, I love the group, right? But here's the deal. <laughs> uh, uh, going back to crowdfunding, right? So, so we end up selling like uh, – six million dollars worth of bikes right? right in 60 days or 30 days right so to 47 countries and to us so next thing i'm a one-man operation so i got seven seven thousand five hundred bikes on a road <laughs> and i am the only customer service right so because you, I'm a, how does that I'm work a one -man i don't operation. understand explain so, no, that I to would, me i would call people like you know do they um, ship straight from the factory uh no it came to us and uh uh and also to netherlands i believe that was our european location 
So, but then there's somebody uh, there that works for you. Well, surely. I mean, yeah, I set up logistics. I know how that works, okay, right? So okay. I know like like the business side of it. Got but, it. Got it. But like the customer service side was like, oh man, so this guy's stuff doesn't work. <laughs> that guy's stuff doesn't work. One guy calls me, yells like his brains out. It's like that he does not have the push button on a throttle, right? I was like, is there anybody else in the household who can get on a call? He puts his girlfriend on. I was like, can you push that rubber? button there she pushes lights come on <laughs> hang up on me it's like, just hang up i had like that's hundreds amazing. of goals like those right that's really so the great. last thing back then yeah, i wanted you to imagine order. buying a tesla and elon musk takes your call that's how <laughs> customer service actually works at tesla you actually have to get him on twitter to listen to your problem if you want your car fixed come on that's how people do it. But he's not doing what it? this guy's yeah. doing. But I've you, heard, yeah. that's, people literally need Elon Musk to personally to explain intervene it. I hear what in their saying. individual yeah. Tesla yes. service yeah. issues. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So you're getting all these calls. So Yeah, so in, in a, in a back in the day, I wasn't a huge fan of modifications because on top of like telling people how to turn them on, or doing a troubleshooting, they're like trying already, <laughs> like putting a space like grade motors in it, and I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't yeah. handle like additional yeah. stress yeah. on top of yeah, what no, was already going on. You don't want to go near that page. There's exactly. guys with kid. Watch my kid go ninety down, exactly. down a crowded street. Well, there is a guy who did eighty. Yeah, right? I know. I saw. I liked it. I liked that little video. Ugh. But what I do like is they also have, you know, if you want upgraded headlights. So you can see at night, which is something I, yeah. I use. They, they also have a lot of tips, but the, what you see is the enthusiasm for the product. Yeah. That we're all, and, and everybody has questions, like you said, like, hey, how do I do this? Or yeah. I've got a little break sound. How do I adjust that? And it kind of takes care of itself. The community takes care of itself. It's a crowdfunded customer service in a yeah. sense. Yeah. And don't you hang out with the first crew? I saw some video you had on YouTube where you were hanging out with the first crew of people who donated your original guys. And yeah. you're riding every week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. DeBruce yeah. is one of the guys. Uh, uh, another guy works for us right now who is one of the original people as yeah. well. So, yeah, it just took, like, life of its own, right? right? And it's like people have always asked, did you pay for this? Like, I was like, no. It's like I, once. I feel like we're at the very well, beginning of this story, the very beginning of your story. Because I, I like everything that you I don't doing. understand. Can, you, can we just go back? How does... Because there must there must have been a high level of promotion involved. You don't just like make a page on Indiegogo, walk uh, away from your computer for an hour, and there's two million dollars. Okay, so back in the day, there was a, a, a Facebook wasn't that saturated. Uh -huh. So like Facebook ads, you could literally. I think uh, we like it was it was a much easier time to launch because there was just not that much noise. You know what I mean? So yeah. five thousand dollars in Facebook ads mm -hmm. would go long. Interesting. Way. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it was Facebook, and also me doing a lot of legwork. I went to uh, what's that show in Vegas? CES. Yeah, CES. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so funny, man. I'm in a corner, right? At CES, like like literally by the bathrooms with the with the bike, and everybody just wants to see the bike. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, and then I did a lot of uh, visited journalists in San Francisco and everywhere else. Just did a lot of legwork. That's oh. all it is. Everything in business is legwork. But that's that's before you launched before the you campaign. Launch. Got yeah. it. Because got the, it. the one thing so about you had a built up yeah. a, a built up PR momentum. I, it wasn't just like, yeah, yeah, I threw it out there no, and no, 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 went no. paddle boarding no. and holy yeah. shit, but here's the $2 million. No. did do most of the selling. Like, I remember yeah. the first time I even saw one, I yeah. went, what is that contraption? Yeah. And how do <laughs> I get one? 
Uh, you know, the first electric bike I ever rode, Pat Dempsey had, who lives near here, and he came by with it. He's like, you got to try this out. Yeah. Because I thought they were all just electric throttle and you go, yeah. and I learned what pedal assist was. And the second I did the pedal assist, I went, that's great. But what I was looking at his tires, I'm like, you know, this goes fast, but I, those tires are a little too thin. And then when I saw your bike, I yeah. went, that is the stability I think I need on yeah. the roadway. And and I was telling Matt earlier, there are many times where I'm riding uphill with no hands on the yeah. bar, just flying, That's right? That's the best. And I was able to put in a little little software thing to change my top speed to 25. Uh, yeah. And that's right about where I'm comfortable as yeah. far as speed. Like, I don't want to go much faster than that at all. Yeah, 25 um, is like a, that's a comfortable speed. Yeah. So bicycle. how many bikes have you sold in total, would you say? Uh, you know, this year, uh, I, th- I think we're like, to- uh, we're around 100,000 bikes. Fuck. Wow. That's a lot yeah. of bikes. So you, and, and again, the goal is to, they're affordable so that. The whole world can buy them, right? What, exactly. So the goal is not about. I'm not. You know, if you're asking me, am I like an e-bike expert or like I? No. There's a couple things what I like. I like experience and design. So and you know, if you have a good experience when you get on a bike, performance usually matches the experience. It's never right, like right. you know. So th- that's kind of my diff- little different thinking. I'm not looking from the industry standards. They always try to suck me into like an yeah, e-bike yeah. industry or bicycle industry. I want nothing to do with you guys, right? right I want right. I want to talk to directly to my audience, right? right? When I when I when I want to see them, you know. So right. uh, most time I don't want to see anybody. So just <laughs> I'll, I'll be real with. Ben, I can ben, relate to that. You know, we can all relate to that <laughs> exactly. So 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 yeah. So that's how uh, that's that's what that that's exactly the purpose is like just to go directly to the people who are going to use it and. And if they like it, it will keep continue. And if they don't like it, they're gonna, you know, teach me a lesson really quick. How do they perform in the snow? Oh, awesome! Oh my God, there's this guy in now Canada. You gotta watch it. I saw this picture in Boston at the gym where you know there's this blizzard out there. All roads are closed, and there's five Saunders parked inside. Can you put a, do you put the ski on the front? You know, yes, you can. You a lot of people ski. in Colorado put skis on. So you sell that? Uh, no, we don't. But I mean, I just see like you know. Yeah. This guy can see Spike yeah. can see it at the uh, in a group, but yeah, uh, yeah. In, a, in a in a in a snow, they're just uh, and that's what it makes so cool. They're all season, right? right? right. So it's not just like summer, winter. Put it back, snow comes out. It's like a snowmobile. Yeah, you got to drill the screws into the tire. And really now, when I studs, yeah. oh, that would be great. Studded, Ice racing, studded tires, yeah, like flat tracks, yeah, studded. yeah. Let me ask you this: um, when I ordered my bike. Um, there was a little bit of a lag time. Like, you know, I think we ordered them, and a few months later they were delivered. Are yeah. you keeping stuff in stock now? How does it uh, work? You know, the, most of the time, uh, normally you have to wait about two, three months. Um, now I think, like, this year it's going to easily go up to, like, five, six, because wow. it's very hard to get your hands on tires or brakes, right? Because, because of, of the huge demand. Oh, so wow. this year is just a really crazy demand in the bicycle industry general, right? Wow. Europe is eating everything up. So, so uh, but normally we keep very small stocks. So in sense, each bike is kind of custom built. So because it's just not, we're just not, we're not, we just don't run like as a trend. Like you know, we don't have a corporate board which says, oh, you got to meet this quarter D sales. So we got to like do something crazy no we just do it as a we just we just follow demand instead of like trying to create some crazy demand wow okay and 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 before you go we just go to saunders.com 
Yes. That's it. Go Saunders is where we where I follow you on Instagram. I always tag you guys. You go to saunders.com. That's where you can order your bikes. Thank you. And the newest bike that you've made that you were just telling me about? Uh, it was a rock star. It's so, a rock star. Yeah, check it out. Wow. Yeah, that's what's a your, mountain what's your, bike. your most affordable bike right uh, now? The most affordable one would be Smart Step. How much is that? Uh, I think it's like a... Twelve ninety nine, maybe. That's for and an fold X is for as an well. That, that is way. quite affordable. Yeah. The fold X's are cool because you can yeah. fold them well, up and the throw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's the same price. So cool. that's kind of like the price point where we keep it. And this and this this thing you were talking about, this little turbo boost deal. What was that? What were you saying that I needed when I get it to a very steep grade? Uh, when you get into steep grade, you need the mid drive rock star. Like the mid drive rock star yeah. is the name of your bike. Yeah, that's. A, I'll show you later afterwards. So, wow. So yeah. So um, and that one will have a turbo boost. And and God help you. <laughs> I'll take. Uh, give me, yeah. put me. Put me down for one. God was, help you. Was was <laughs> nice knowing you. Like, that basically. is awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming by and chatting with us. Uh, this was fun. What a this rainy is, day in Malibu. Uh, we're at the Malibu Kitchen, a.k.a. Sondor's Brick and Mortar, <laughs> where they sell all the bikes. we got to get Mr. off this Seinfeld, lady's window. Jerry Seinfeld told me to tell you he's uh, enjoying his bike. Did you know he had one out in Long Island? No. That he's been taking it out on the beach and taking it out during the pandemic when he's out there and to send his regards that he loves it. Very cool. I I'm love a huge it. fan. The dads love it. You've got a great product. I love what you're doing, trying to spread these bikes to the world and not charging them an arm and a leg or what. $4,000 profit margins. That's insanity. Um, that's it, man. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Matty, what do you want to What do you want to say before we go? Smoke Tire Podcast, Smoke Tire Video Series on YouTube, West Side Collector Car Storage in L.A. Nice. Those are my things. And you can follow me on Instagram, um, at Spike Ferriston, and I will answer your questions most of the time. See you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.